Happy Monday, everyone. This is Brother Dell of Gospel Repentance Ministries. And, of course, remember the theme, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want to thank you for tuning in. And what I wanted to talk about in this episode is the idea of what is propitiation what is propitiation that's obviously not a word that we use in our everyday common language right so it's one of those lofty theological terms and since it is in the bible i think it's important that we define what propitiation is and simply put propitiation is the act of appeasing God's wrath and his righteousness and what the or rather the supreme act of propitiation is when of course Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross for mankind's sins. That was the ultimate act of propitiation or Jesus propitiated God's anger and wrath against sin. What's important for us to realize and to understand is that God is absolutely, completely holy beyond compare and what we don't realize or care to realize, I think, as human people is that when we rebel, when we commit sin, not only do we commit sin against one another, which is a serious grave offense, but ultimately we commit sin against God Almighty, our maker, and that is of eternal significance and God being a vengeful God has to and let me emphasize this he has to avenge those who commit sin against him in other words God's justice will be met it will be satisfied and of course the way God judges humankind is by punishing us when we rebel against him all sin is punishable by death that's why Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death but the gift of eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord so you see how the two ideas are inextricably connected sin and death and then Jesus Christ and life so the latter overcomes the former when a person believes in what Jesus Christ did so the idea or the reality of propitiation is that act once again that Jesus Christ came and died for the sins of the world. Let's take it back. Let's go back in time 
to the Old Testament. And what I want to do in particular is talk about briefly the Day of Atonement, or as we know it today, Yom Kippur. And the Day of Atonement is described actually in detail in the book of Leviticus chapter 16. I'm not going to turn there, but what happened on that day, that was the holiest day of the nation of Israel's year. And it most likely is today for those who are adherents to their Mosaic law and their heritage and their culture and their religion. On that day, the high priest would take blood from an animal and place it on the altar, on the on the lid or the mercy seat, which was the lid that covered the Ark of the Covenant. And that would propitiate God, that would satisfy God. Their sins would be covered. And then he also would take another animal and put blood on the mercy seat for the sins of the people. The first offering was for his own sins and for the sins of his family. And then another offering for the sins of the, of the entire nation. Cause on that day, God said it's a, it was a solemn assembly. He says you would afflict your souls. I mean, it was a reminder. In other words, the offering was for covering the sins of the people for the entire year prior. And so that was the day of atonement. And it was a constant reminder that the people were sinful and that the God that they served was a forgiver of sins and that he was extraordinarily, infinitely merciful toward their wickedness. See, in order for sin to be well known and to be exceedingly sinful as Paul described in Romans chapter 7 is that you needed a constant reminder of your sins now of course we in our society we don't want to be told that we're sinners because the average person who is lost in sin in their minds they're good nobody will braggadociously and ignorantly say that they're perfect because they know that they're not. Everybody knows that they do wrong, but the the universal misdiagnosis of man's own heart is that people say, I, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm good. And that also is incorrect because the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. And the Bible also says in Romans chapter three that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So whose report do we believe? Do we believe the report of man about his own self-righteousness? Or are we gonna believe the word of God, which is unadulterated truth? And of course, God knows man better than anybody because he created man. So. God infinitely knows us better than we can ever know ourselves. We oftentimes are deceiving ourselves into believing that we're better than we really are when we're not. And so getting back to the point of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, that act was foreshadowing the perfect sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he came and died 
for the sins of the world. And see, by Jesus dying, he appeased and he satisfied, or he, this is another term that is related or that, that is synonymous with propitiation is called expiation. Jesus expiated God's righteous anger against sin. So when he died on the cross and when he was about to die or when he was about to give up his spirit, remember Jesus said in John chapter 19, he says, it is finished. And the Greek word for that is tetelestai, and that means paid in full. And what did he pay in full? He paid in full sin's debt because sin is a debt. And simply put is that Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because we as sinful mankind had a debt that we could not pay. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus paid the sin debt that he did not owe because we had an eternal debt that we could never pay. You follow what I'm saying? So Jesus stood in the gap. Another way of describing Jesus act on the cross or the atonement is that he is our mercy seat. All right. He is our mercy seat. He is the intercessor. He is the intermediary. He is the go-between between us and between Almighty God the Father. Amen. So Jesus is the only way, as he said, the only truth and the only life. John chapter 14 and verse 6. So when you see the word propitiation in the Bible, and I can make reference to three passages of scripture that uses that exact term. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about God satisfying the father's holy, righteous anger against mankind's sins because sin, once again, is a debt and sin always requires a payment and sin always has to bring about death and something has to die and blood has to be shed in order to satisfy the wrath of God against a sin that was committed ultimately against him. Because like I said, all sin is sin committed against God Almighty and God being perfectly holy and just and pure and undefiled in every way imaginable. He has to get rid of sin. He has to punish sin. And so the one wonderful thing about it is that because Christ has died and has eradicated sin forever in a judicial sense, it becomes practical and it becomes actual and it becomes real when we as sinners receive the gift of eternal life that's being extended to us as a result of what Jesus Christ did. And so when we receive the forgiveness of sins, when we repent, we come to him in faith 
as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. And when it's talking about works, brothers and sisters, it's talking about not of human works. In other words, there's nothing that we can do, nothing that we can say that is going to appease God because if we can get to God on our own merit, then Jesus Christ tragically died for nothing. And God is not so uncaring and so unloving and so unthoughtful that he would send his sinless, perfect son, the second in the triunity or the trinity, to come to this wretched earth to live among sinful people, to heal their diseases, to raise their families from the dead, to feed their multitudes, to preach in their synagogues, to come and to die, to be humiliated, to be stripped naked, put on a cross and on a highway so everybody could see his shame and mock him and laugh at him and ridicule him and all that to happen and to say, oh, well, I don't need Christ. I'm going to do it my own way. Really? No. God sent the son on a rescue and a recovery mission. And that rescue and recovery mission was and is currently 100% successful. Everybody that God the Father identified to the Son to come and save in eternity past, every last one of those people will be saved in time and in space. Not everybody that is supposed to be in the kingdom is in the kingdom yet, and that's why we have to continue to share the gospel message so those whom God has chosen will eventually, exactly in the time frame that he has determined they'll come into the family even if they even if there are people out there even some of you listening may be out there that are that are resisting the love of god right now by rejecting the gospel message that's being preached to you maybe you have a family member that's talking to you about christ or maybe you have a friend or maybe there's someone out on the street sharing the gospel and you're doing like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. You're trying to hide in the bushes because God is calling out to you and you're afraid and you're ashamed because of your uh, because of your wickedness. Don't do that any longer. Come to God. Come to Christ. Jesus, matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all you that are labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest he says take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly or I'm humble and you will find listen to this rest don't we need that y'all in light of everything that's going on you'll find rest for your souls here's another beautiful part he says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is an invitation to come to salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an invitation to come and get your rest. 
What kind of rest? Eternal rest. Who in the world wouldn't want that? I have mine, praise God, by the grace of God. I want you to get yours. So, the idea of propitiation is that Jesus did the heavy lifting. He did the heaviest lifting that could ever be lifted. That is, he took the burden of mankind's sin for all time on his own back. Only God, only a God-man could do that. Sinful man can't die for his own sins. A sinless man had to die for sin in order for God the Father to accept that sacrifice because that's who that's what Jesus was he was the sacrifice the noun and the sacrificer <laughs> the verb he was both because see in the Old Testament the high priest sacrificed an animal in his stead and instead of the people that animal was symbolic of the people dying he didn't have to die for the sins of the people because he was a sinner himself however Jesus being the ultimate high priest he had to sacrifice himself because he was the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world John chapter 1 verse 29 amen so so when he died and when he sacrificed his life, there was no more need for animal sacrifices because they were only types. They were only foreshadowing the one imperfect sacrifice that was performed by Jesus Christ himself, the ultimate lamb of God that was slain, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. So what I want to do before I close is I want to read three passages of scripture that deal with this word propitiation and I would encourage and invite you to read the chapters that deal with this idea this wonderful theological term propitiation so the first one I want to go to is in John's actually rather let me correct myself not John but first John first John chapter 2 and we're going to look at verse number two. So first John chapter two, verse two, it says this. Better yet, I'll start with verse one of John chapter two. It says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation or the satisfaction or the appeasement for our sins and not for ours only but also for those of the whole world okay that's the first one let me go over to Romans chapter 3 and we want to look at verse 25 I believe it is and I'll start with the verse prior and once again I encourage you to read the entire chapters where this word appears it says being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith this was to demonstrate his righteousness 
because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. All right. And then the last verse I want to read is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. Hebrews chapter 2, and we'll look at the 17th verse. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. That's what I've been talking about in this whole segment. I'll read the last verse of this uh, chapter, verse 18. It says, For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. All right. So once again, by quick review, I read 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, and Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. All of these passages deal with the idea of propitiation, God being the propitiations for our sins in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ propitiated God. In other words, he appeased or he satisfied God Almighty when he sacrificed his life on the cross as our faithful high priest, as our mercy seat. So hopefully I've made the word clear as to what it means and and once again the reason why I even wanted to point out it pointed out is because we see terms in the Bible and I think a lot of times because we're not familiar with these terms we just gloss over them but I think it's important if we're going to be students of God's word we need to understand what it is that we're reading so that we gain knowledge from it we get blessed by it and then we can share it with someone else who may be reading the word of God they have maybe just started reading the Word of God and they see these terms, these theological terms that are lofty. And it's like, OK, I have no idea what that means. And so it's important that someone can explain it to them so that they can continue to be encouraged by what they're reading and continue to learn and to be blessed and understand the love of God more by what he did when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Brother Dale here of Gospel Repentance Ministries. Have a blessed day and I'll talk to you very soon.